Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Episode 91 of Suncast. So we tested it to twice the IEC standard, and we found that Bill of Material 1 with encapsulant A had just one more percent degradation. Bill of Material 2 with 12% degradation. That means it's not a PID-resistant module, and if you installed it with a transformerless inverter, you would potentially see significant power loss, and the only difference was one material that make up the whole bill material, and two very different test results. This is Suncast. In every battle, there's a front line. On that front line are warriors whose courage and action shape the outcome of the battle. The world is currently engaged in a literal power struggle, a battle in global energy as it evolves from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Suncast is a conversation with solar warriors on the front lines, building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. We learn their secrets to personal and professional growth, market development, and industry insights. And now, join solar industry veteran, Latin America fanatic, and your host, Nico Johnson. Hey, yo, Solar Warriors. Welcome back to Tactical Tuesday, a short-form conversation with subject matter experts designed to give you practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career. This is episode 91 of Suncast, and I know that you could be doing just about anything right now, so thanks for setting aside this time to be here with us. Can you guys tell I'm really genuinely excited. I am feeling the energy today and I'm loving the fact that we are getting one step closer to building a tribe, a Suncast community that can contribute in meaningful ways to the development and growth of this industry and clean tech and the way that we are just overcoming the fossil fuel industry. Every day when I sit here and look at how Suncast is growing, it reminds me that we're contributing to a meaningful activity in this industry. Hope that you agree. I hope that you are enjoying this show. If you're new to Suncast, thank you for checking us out. I'd like to encourage you to have a listen back to last week's episode, which actually gets into the background and career trajectory of today's guest, DNVGL's head of PV module business, Tristan Arian Larico. Or you can check out some of the most downloaded episodes like the very popular episode number 82 with Ed Theo of Coronal Energy, maybe episodes 39 and 57 with industry legend Dan Sugar of Next Tracker, or maybe the iconic Jigger Shaw back in episode 60. There's a lot waiting for you to explore, learn, and grow. So I do hope that you'll enjoy it. And if you do, please consider subscribing in iTunes so you don't miss out on more great episodes. I've also put the prefix TT at the beginning of other Tactical Tuesday episodes, as these are a little shorter. You can quickly find those if you're interested in something more brief like this one. Typical Suncast episodes are between 45 minutes and 60 minutes long. Today's episode is focused on a tool that you can use to help you in your solar PV module procurement process. And it's a free report produced by Tristan and his team at DNVGL called the PV Module Reliability Scorecard. In its fourth generation, the scorecard was just released for this year, and it's a fantastic benchmark to help you understand how to avoid some of the common pitfalls experienced by developers of all sizes when buying solar PV modules. Stay tuned to learn what are the core elements that make up a bankable and reliable 
bill of materials for a solar module. We refer to that as the bomb. What are the key contributors to solar module degradation? What do you need to look out for? What one ingredient found in the solar module made a 12% difference in production results for one of the manufacturers in this report, comparing head-to-head two modules with only one ingredient that differentiated them? And what one thing is it essential to do prior to your PV module purchase? This episode is brought to you by me. That's right. I'm sponsoring today's episode. Truth is, I underwrite all these episodes because I love and believe in the value of what Suncast is bringing to the world. Otherwise, why would I show up every week? If you agree, because you are showing up every week, and you'd like to hear more about how you can help ensure the long-term success and growth of this podcast, would you please head over to mysuncast.com, that's our homepage, and click on the Become a Member button. It's in the top right. I recently launched an exciting new way for you to partner with me on this journey. And it's been really exciting greeting those of you who've already jumped on board. If you're not yet ready to become a member, but still want to stay in touch, be sure to get on the mailing list, as that's how you'll get the details of each new episode. And you'll also learn what we're up to in the Suncast Tribe, like planning local events and meetups and webinars that you can attend and hone your skills and network with other tribe members, like the one that we just held for over 150 LATAM tribe members in Mexico, and the one upcoming for InterSolar and Solar Power International. All right, it's time to tune in and tune up your skills, Solar Warriors. We're taking you one step closer to PV module procurement genius with my friend, the DNV GL head of PV module business, Tristan Arian Larica. All right, Solar Warriors, we are back with Tristan Arian Larico of DNVGL. If you listen to the previous episode, then we teed up this conversation all about the 2018 Reliability Scorecard. So true to the Tactical Tuesdays, I have asked Tristan if he will dive into this tool that can serve to help you be smarter about your procurement and system design. Welcome back to Suncast, Tristan. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Fantastic. Well, as we typically do on Tactical Tuesdays, we're going to keep this one short and sweet. We're going to dive into this tool that we talked about, which is the scorecard. You guys, this is hot off the presses. I mean, you just came back from China last week. Snack, if you want to talk about just broadly what that is and why you released at SNEC. But tell us a bit about what the scorecard is, why it exists, and what we should be looking to glean from it. So this is the fourth edition of DMVGL's PV module reliability scorecard. We've released it at different points in the past. And this year we thought, let's go to the biggest show for the solar industry, SNEC or SNEC in Shanghai. That's where a lot of manufacturers are based. A lot of them have booths there. A lot of them have their biggest booths of the year there. And that's where they're releasing their new products. So it would be good to line up our release of this report with you know the buzz that's naturally happening every year at SNEC. And you guys even have like a gala or some sort of event where you give awards, right? Yeah, this time we did. So we redesigned the previous three versions of the scorecard. We're more like a white paper, almost like a research document. 
this time, you know, we wanted to redesign it, make it more easily digestible so that non-technical people could read through it and, and really get the meaning that, that we were going for and have, you know, more graphs and less words and just have an updated feel. So as part of that, we also wanted to have a celebration or, or a rollout, which included presenting trophies to all of the top performers. All those manufacturers listed as top performers were there. We had a photo op and gave them a trophy because they've worked really hard to make highly reliable products that pass very robust tests. So we thought, let's reward them for their efforts. I want to also point out for anyone who's been following any of the recent LinkedIn posts by some of the top performers that the top performers are not listed in rank file. They're listed in alphabetical order. So it's just broadly a list of top performers. Don't be mistaken by looking at it and thinking a manufacturer starting with an A somehow outperformed a manufacturer starting with a Y. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we've had some top performers release press releases saying, DMVGL states, we are the best module manufacturer. It's not that, right? (laughs) I would say, you know, DMVGL states, you can do really well on one or more tests. Yeah. They kind of take that and run with it. Fair enough. So let's dive into the scorecard. What is it and how could I use it? So basically, we take the results from the last 18 months from our product qualification program, which is a series of reliability and performance tests that go beyond the certification standards. Most modules either have to be UL for the North American market or IEC certified or certified to the UL and IEC standards. Those standards are safety tests or initial tests to catch bad designs and designs that are going to fail, you know, in the first few years. They don't say, here, this is a product that should have a 25-year warranty because it's going to produce 5% degradation or 0.7% degradation for the next 25 years. It's really hard to get that data without putting the module out for 25 years. So our testing is trying to take those certification tests and extend them longer or stack them on top of each other and, and test sequences in a slightly different way to try to get a representation of a much longer life than what you get from just having the certification mark on the power label of your product. So we take that data and then we report to the industry on what the results were. I mean, it's just a wealth of information. One of the things that stood out to me, uh, in particular from the case studies, is around things that many people want to just learn as laymen. So we talked in our past episode about PID. There's a case study on PID performance, for example. When we talked about the bill of materials or BOM, as we refer to it, we discussed in our last conversation around why the BOM matters. Can you dig into that a little bit more? I think that's one of the key areas that you focus on in this with this reliability. The tests that we're doing are on a specific bill of materials, which roll up to a specific module type, you know, ABC 32072 cell or however they name their module. But Mm -hmm. that module type can have multiple different bills of materials. So it can have different encapsulants. It can have different cells. The same module type can even be produced in different countries and and different factories, but they all have the same power label. So we want to drill down and test the bills of material that our downstream partners, the people that rely on our reports for making procurement decisions, so the developers and investors, insurance companies, EPCs, we want to test the exact bills and material that, that they're going to specify and they're going to purchase. 
And what we see is that the results from one bill of material might be quite different than the results from another. And that's why we say, you know, bill of material matters. And on page 22, there's a case study regarding PID performance where the same manufacturer with the same module type has two different bills of material. The only difference between the two is the encapsulant. They have the same cell, the same back sheet, the same factory, the same junction box, the same glass, the same everything, only the encapsulant was different. So we tested it to twice the IEC standard, and we found that bill of material one with encapsulant A, again, had just one more percent degradation. Bill of material two ended with 12% degradation. That means it's not a PID-resistant module, and if you installed it in a site with a transformerless inverter, you would potentially see significant power loss of your project. And the only difference was one material that make up the whole bill material and two very different test results. How would I, as a buyer, know that I'm getting one versus the other? How would I even know? Well, first of all, I would read your report and know that that's a problem I should be watching out for. But how could I avoid that pitfall? If you just had a PO that said manufacturer A, module type B, you wouldn't and you'd get what you were sent. And hopefully that module manufacturer has done this extended testing, and they've seen that this encapsulant did not have good results, and they decided, I'm never going to order that encapsulant again because the results are very poor. And if you trust that, then no problem. Yeah. But if you don't trust that, or you think there's some risk there, then you would sign up to be a downstream partner from us. You would get our test reports. All of this is free. And as part of the test reports, it lists the bill of material. And you'd say, in your purchase order, here's the bill of material I want. There's manufacturers that test multiple different bills of material because they want all of the materials that they're currently using to be vetted. And then you can say, you know, I'm not going to limit this manufacturer to this one bill of material. Here's the four or five or 10 that they've tested. And they were all good. So fielder's choice, pick whatever you want out of these ones that you've tested because all the best results looked good. Yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit about, not to call any one particular company out, but in our previous conversation, we talked a little bit about DuPont. And I think it's anecdotal because DuPont is on, they're beating the street right now about how valuable choosing the right encapsulant is. And they're right. And it does matter that you choose a manufacturer with the right, not just encapsulant, but silver paste and other elements, right? This is the type of nitty gritty stuff that most, I would argue, just about all installers, certainly under a certain scale, even have the wherewithal to know that they need to look for. So Solar Warriors, we want you to know that there is a difference if you consider yourselves savvy enough to buy direct from a module manufacturer versus through distribution. And even better, if you're already procuring direct from manufacturer, but not implementing these types of best practices, you might want to consider taking a look at the PV scorecard and learning from DMVGL's studies and testing. We mentioned also, there are companies, for example, like Clean Energy Associates, my friend Andy Klump over there, who once you've decided to go with a certain bomb, you can send in and they'll give you a diagnostic, an autopsy, if you will, of the manufacturing process and certify that not only did you order it and it was on your invoice, but in fact, that's the encapsulant that went into the modules that are coming to you by serial number. So the procurement industry has gotten very detailed and and sophisticated around making sure that what you've been sold is what you get. To add to that, some people will hear that and think, I'm too small for that, or that seems like a lot of work to do. 
And what's my ROI on doing that? Yeah. And, and what we've seen for these companies that do really good vetting of the production process and really good vetting of the materials and rely on our test results and do batch testing of the actual modules that are purchased as part of the site, they take all of that to the bank and they get a lower cost of capital because there's less risk because they've done their due diligence. And that lower cost of capital pays for all of the work that goes into doing all of this. Yes, we provide our test reports for free to the downstream, and it's very easy to get set up. And we have a portal with over 600 test reports available, mm-hmm. and, and you can get all that. But you, you have to spend the time, yes, reading it and, and understanding it and then specifying it in your procurement contracts. But, you know, banks like that. It's absolutely true. Nobody would do this if there were on a return on it. And beyond just the obvious return, which is it assures the yield that you expect and that you put into your financial model. In addition to that, the banks give you not just better cost of capital, but you can actually show better yield in your financial model. So you don't get what we might call a haircut on the probability rating of the yield assessment that you've run, what we call p-values, right? Where the bank might say, no, I'm going to value this strip of cash flows at a P50 versus a P70 or P90. It makes a huge difference every step that you can take to give a better amount of certainty to the banks. Along with that, there was a quote that stood out to me that I thought was really interesting. I'd like to dig into it really quickly. It says, prior to PV module purchase, it's essential that a trustworthy source tests the selected product's resilience to the most common degradation mechanism. I presume that in the report, it talks about what those degradation mechanisms are. Would you mind highlighting a few of them? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about this on our long form episode, but these degradation mechanisms are the encapsulant browning, the bag sheet cracking, the soldering on the cells failing. And over time, those solder joints have a higher level of resistance, which means less electrons pass through it, which means less electrons go into your inverter and less electrons go into your utility meter, and the modules generate less power. So There's actually a page in the scorecard that educates the industry on what those failure mechanisms are. First, it starts with what's possible, and then it goes into some more of the recent data showing what failures number of studies have seen in the field. One of the things that stands out to me as well that I want to make sure folks understand, on page 27, it says the historical scorecard. Can you tell me what that means and and how I should understand that when I'm looking at it as a layman? So what we're trying to show is consistency of manufacturers to be top performers and show that here are some manufacturers that have been a top performer for a number of years and kind of reward them for long-term quality mindset. So not to say that the manufacturers that have been top performers for a number of years produced better products this year than manufacturers that have only been the top performer for for one year. But it's just to show here's the lifetime of our reports based on, you know, who were the top performers named in 2018. I thought what was interesting is there's only three that have shown up on all four years, and there's only seven that have shown up in three of the four years. So it's telling. I think you're right. It speaks to their level of commitment, but it doesn't necessarily speak to their level of quality. I mean, you've got several here who only show up for two years who, you know, I'll point out Longi, who are clearly a leader and, a, and an innovative, quality-driven company that perhaps only started taking interest in it two years ago. So you might not necessarily use the historical scorecard as a gauge of, well, they don't have all four years, I'm not going to take them seriously. 
but it certainly shows a commitment to the level of integrity of demonstrating this quality over a certain number of years. Yeah. And we would say that for everyone listed there, bill of materials still matters. Batch testing for the modules you purchase is still still recommended. We have the page after that, page 28, is our, our best practices on you know how to use the scorecard and how to use the PQP test reports, and then you know what we would suggest after that as well. PQP being the product qualification program. Tristan, this has been hugely informative for me. I hope for our Solar Warriors, the Suncast audience out there, it has been as well. On a final note, how can people, I understand that it's free. How do I find it? So you can get the scorecard at the website link, which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes, but it's www.dnvgl.com slash PV hyphen scorecard. So you can download it there. And then I'm listed as one of the authors in it. And my email address, as well as two of my colleagues is shown on, I believe, the second page. And if you want to become a downstream partner, certainly reach out to us and we'll get you linked up with that. You have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. We don't want you downloading reports for one manufacturer and then sending those reports to a different manufacturer. That's not the point of this. And those manufacturers would not freely share their reports and their bill of material, you know, intellectual property if they knew that, you know, it became openly available to others. So there are a couple hurdles you have to pass. But again, it's free. We'll give you the reports. And if you need help interpreting them, we're here to assist to make your procurement less risky and increase your level of due diligence, whether you're a small residential installer or you're looking to purchase a gigawatt of modules. We don't vet on your size and there's, there's something to learn for everyone. Just to add, we plan to release a scorecard on inverters. We've done lots of inverter testing and that'll be later this year and hopefully early next year, a scorecard on energy storage. We're also doing that testing. So we've been known for our module testing and this is the fourth edition of that scorecard. This will be the first edition of the inverters and the first edition of the batteries, but they're coming. And we're also looking at doing testing of racking systems and trackers. And once that gets up and running, there'll be scorecards for that. So we're not just limited to modules. That's what's available now, but we're happy to share our learnings for the other equipment that's currently being tested. Thanks for that information, Solar Warriors. I hope you're feeling more prepared than ever now to go out and uh, conquer the process of solar module procurement. Enjoy the 2018 Reliability Scorecard. Thanks for being with us again, Tristan. This was great. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. You know, I look forward to listening to future episodes of Suncast. It's the podcast that I recommend to the most people in the industry. I think you do a great job and keep it up, Nico. We need this. Thanks, Tristan. I appreciate that plug and I appreciate the continued advocacy. Hey, Tribe, while I still have your attention, I'd like to say thank you again. The fact that you're still listening means you really enjoy the work that we're bringing to life. If that's true, won't you consider becoming a member of the Suncast Energy Tribe? There are two ways you can do that, and they're both outlined on the website at mysuncast.com forward slash member, as well as in episode 86 of Suncast, in case you didn't yet have a chance to listen. A special shout out to Energy Tribe members Scott Muller and Natalia Flores, who have been constant supporters and are true solar warriors. You can join them at mysuncast.com forward slash member. And I look forward to formally welcoming you into the tribe as well, my friend. And thanks again for showing up. It's half the battle. <laughs>